What's up, friends? It is Monday, February 24th, and you know what that means. It is NHL trade deadline day. And we all know the Bruins have already made a splash in the trade market by acquiring Andre Kasha from the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, if you missed Friday's episode, it was a whirlwind as the trade news broke as I was recording. Um, we will take some time this morning to uh, do a bit of a primer as to what we can expect the Bruins to do uh, prior to 3 p.m. Eastern time here today, uh, and also take a quick look back at the uh, Saturday night's debacle against the Vancouver Canucks, and also take a look at some news and notes from around the NHL. But first, uh, allow me to introduce myself for those of you who are tuning in for the first time. My name is Ian McLaren. I'm the host of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. If you're on Twitter.com, you can find me at Ian C. McLaren. You can also uh, follow the show at LO underscore Boston Bruins. And the podcast is available pretty much wherever you can get podcasts, uh, whether it be Spotify, Stitcher, Google, uh, Apple Podcasts, or um Pocket Cast is where I get mine, and I, I really enjoy that app. Uh, podcast listeners using Apple, if you're able to give the show a rating and review, that would be greatly appreciated. Now, as I said, I was going to use today's episode to tee up what the Bruins uh, may or may not do here prior to the deadline. Uh, again, as I mentioned, Don Sweeney has already been busy pulling off the uh, Andre Kasha trade. He'll be in Boston to join the team as they return home from uh, their Western Canadian road trip, which ended uh, kind of ugly, uh, as we'll talk about here in a moment. Uh, going the other way, of course, was Boston's first round pick in 2020. Uh, defensive prospect Axel Anderson is currently playing for the QMJHL's Moncton Wildcats, as well as uh, David Backus, who... As reported to Anaheim, he's all decked out in gear and looks like he's going to get an opportunity to uh, resume his career there after being waived by the Bruins earlier this season. And again, we wish him all the best down there. Now, the fact that Boston gave up their first round pick already probably signals that they are out on the likes of uh, Chris Kreider of the New York Rangers, uh, probably also likely out on... Uh, Brandon Saad of the Chicago Blackhawks. Those are two names that they have been linked to in uh, recent days. Kreider, actually, for quite some time now, um, he has been seen as Boston's primary trade target and uh, a player who, you know, fits their top six need. He's a local guy. Uh, Seemed to make sense for a number of reasons, but uh, Boston already pulled the trigger, dealing their first-round pick to Anaheim, and I would think that the Rangers would be uh, requesting that at the very least in a package for Chris Kreider. So um, whether or not the Rangers and Kreider are able to come to a contract extension or if the Rangers decide to hold on to him for what they feel might be a late playoff push, although that's very unlikely, um, I don't expect the Bruins to be in on Kreider prior to the deadline. And the same with Brandon Saw. That was a name that popped up last week uh, per Elliot Friedman of the 31 Thoughts podcast from Sportsnet. He suggested the Bruins uh, were exploring an acquisition involving uh, Brandon Saad. Uh, 
Scott Powers of The Athletic indicated that a first-round pick would have to be on the table in order to make that deal happen. Um, so again, the Bruins don't have their 2020 pick, and so um, a sod deal is also unlikely. Well, at this point, you might be saying, well, thanks, Ian. Uh, thanks for bursting all these bubbles. What's not going to happen? What can still happen? And um, it's pretty widely reported that um, the Bruins and Kyle Palmieri could be a thing that still happens. Uh, we've heard Bruce Cassidy say already that Kasha could slot in on the second line or maybe even the third line. And the addition of Kyle Palmieri would certainly put him up in the top six and make Kasha uh, more of a uh, third line player for the Bruins uh, moving forward. Now that would mean a roster player almost certainly going back in the other direction and the players most likely to be involved in those talks would be Danton Heinen, uh, who's a very versatile defensively minded forward for the Bruins, very valuable to their efforts, despite what some of the fan base might think. Um, and also you'd think Andres Bjork would be in that conversation as well. Um, perhaps also Carson Kuhlman. Uh, Kuhlman's 24, Bjork 23, Heinen 24. So they're all in that uh, range where they could uh, be guys who are valuable for a team uh, for several years to come. Both Bjork and Kuhlman are restricted free agents at season's end. Uh, Heinen is under contract through to the end of next season at a cap hit of $2.8 million. So he uh, would be a very valuable and probably sought after commodity on the trade market, uh, seeing he, as he has some control, as does Palmieri, who would be coming back. The Bruins also have their second round pick, their third round pick uh, this year, um, actually for the next uh, two years as well uh, through 2022. They have next year's first and 2022's first round pick, although I doubt that they'd uh, be willing to deal those at this point. Uh, they are without this year's fourth round pick, which was sent to New Jersey last year in the Marcus Johansson trade. So yeah, if Palmieri were to be a thing, I would expect the Bruins would probably have their second round pick on the table. One of Bjork and Heinen, perhaps Kuhlman as well on the table. And then they might uh, also have to throw in a defensive prospect as well. Uh, perhaps a Jacobs Worrell. Iro Vakaninen, um, one of those guys might be in the mix as well. Uh, maybe even Jeremy Lozon. Um, so that I think is the primary uh, to do on Don Sweeney's list here today uh, prior to the deadline. Other names that are out there, um, you know, Joe Thornton is still um, a name that the Bruins are apparently interested in. Uh, on Saturday, there was a report, not a report, but an interview uh, with Thornton from Kevin Kurz of The Athletic. He said Thornton admits it would be tempting to accept a trade to a Stanley Cup contender. Thornton does have a full no-movement clause, meaning he can have a final say on if he's traded and where to. Um, he said he doesn't feel as though this is his final NHL season. He is a UFA um, coming up the summer, but you know he's been taking these short-term deals uh, later on here in his career. Um, he acknowledged the possibility of getting traded to another club and returning to the Sharks in the summer, even so. You know, have a little 
northeastern vacation um, coming up here and then return to San Jose in the offseason, um, depending on whether or not he wins or if he sees a fit, falls short maybe, and wants to stick with that team. Who knows? Tampa Bay, Dallas, and Pittsburgh are also apparently uh, on Thornton's shortlist of destinations. Um, so, you know, he would have his pick of teams to go to, certainly, whether or not the Bruins see him as a fit um, and whether or not he would want to return to Boston remains uh, up in the air at this point. But yeah, Thornton, Paul Mieri, I think would be the two guys on um, Sweeney's radar heading into today. I kind of uh, facetiously posted my ideal lines for the Bruins following um, the trade for Kasha. We had obviously Marchand, Bergeron, um, and Pasternak up front, followed by uh, DeBrusque, Krejci, uh, Kasha, Bjork, Koyo-Heinen, and then Corrali, Thornton, and Wagner uh, on the fourth line. Um, yeah, obviously, if Palmieri is brought in, one of those forwards would have to, um, you know, be moved to make room for him. And there would be some sort of trickle-down effect, as I mentioned when I was talking to Justin Morissette here on Saturday. I honestly haven't heard much about uh, Boston, who they might target on the blue line for some added depth, but I think they would be wise to try to seek out a right-hand shot defenseman uh, to step in on the third pair along with Matt Grizzlick. Uh, Connor Clifton, I believe, has been recalled to the Bruins after his conditioning stint. Uh, so they do still have, you know... Um, Clifton, John Moore, Jeremy Lozon in there as depth players. Clifton is the only right-hand shot of that group. Um, so if the Bruins were able to uh, flip John Moore for a right-hand defenseman, that would be ideal, uh, But or include him in a Palmieri trade. Uh, my dream would be to get Palmieri and Sammy Vatnin from the New Jersey Devils. Uh, that would be a huge win for um, Sweeney, depending on the, the cost. Um, but yeah, I don't, I haven't heard much along the way of who Boston might target, uh, apart from, you know, the Brendan Dillon rumors that popped up recently. He's since been dealt to Washington. Zach Bogosian became an option as he was, uh, his contract was terminated with the Sabres. He's actually now signed a one year contract worth a prorated $1.3 million with the, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, which is actually not a bad deal for for the Bruins uh, if he actually is in the lineup. Um, so yeah, that's what I believe is on the table for the Bruins today. Um, we'll see what happens. Whether Sweeney is, uh, you know, hesitant to give up more assets in uh, an opportunity to improve his lineup. If Paul Mary is there at the end of the day, I think. Uh, he'll pull the trigger. He said they're in it to win it this year. Uh, they've already given up the first, uh, so why not uh, just go all in and uh, ice as strong of a lineup as possible uh, heading into the playoffs. One other possible trade target has just been taken off the table. Uh, as I'm recording, the Montreal Canadiens and Washington Capitals have announced a trade. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk is heading to the Capitals in exchange for... Washington's third round pick in 2020. So uh, Capitals have snagged two possible um, 
Bruins trade deadline targets in Brendan Dillon and now Ilya Kovalchuk. I really think uh, the Bruins should have signed Kovalchuk when he became available in the first place, but uh, you know that's how neither here or there at this point. And, uh, you know, it might be something that comes back to bite them if they end up playing Washington in the conference finals, but that's looking ahead quite a bit. I'd be remiss if I didn't chat a little bit about Boston's 9-3 loss to the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday. Um, You know, honestly, I think this was mostly a case of Boston being on the tail end of a Western Canadian road trip, having played three games in four nights. They've played five sets of back-to-backs in February and um, you know I'm just chalking it up to them being a little gassed uh, in all honesty and not uh, reading too much into it and I think that was a perspective that uh, head coach Bruce Cassidy was taking as well he said sooner or later during the course of 82 games you're going to have one where things you know the other team is clearly better than you things that you typically do well you just did not do well it happens I even looked at our schedule and you look at it and go boy it's going to be a tough one You look at certain parts of the season, and this was one that we thought would be a tough one. Um, So, you know, Boston going 2-1 and on this road trip, all things considered, is uh, pretty uh, successful in my mind, despite the, you know, disadvantage in goals here, taking a hit on their goal differential. Uh, But still, it's um, not a bad three-game stretch for the Bruins, all things considered. Vancouver is, of course, fighting for first place in their division. Uh, and that's just the way it is. Sometimes Cassidy added, we're not going to beat ourselves up over this loss. We'll get back to work on Monday, get ready for Calgary, who they'll play at home on Tuesday. Um, Tugaras kind of said the same thing. It's one of those, when it rains, it pours, it's not bouncing. It doesn't matter if it's two, one or nine, three or 15, three, it's a loss. You move on and try to keep it tight next game. That's the only way to try and approach it. Uh, one bright spot in this game was that uh, our boy David Pasternak scored a pair of goals. He now has 45 on the season, has a two-goal lead over uh, Austin Matthews in the Rocket Richard race. Uh, Alexander Ovechkin is at now at 42 and also 700 for his career. I don't know how you would have missed that over the weekend, but that was a, a big thing that happened Saturday afternoon. You know, all the Capitals came out to uh, celebrate with them, and it, it was a pretty cool moment in NHL history, and we're pretty lucky to be able to watch this guy uh, do his thing over the last uh, 15 or so years. Uh, the Bruins with the loss snap a five-game winning streak. Uh, Cassidy said we had a nice run. Typically what we've done in the past is work to start a new one, so that's the goal. Um, as I mentioned, the Bruins return home to Boston to take on the Flames on Tuesday. They'll be back on the practice ice here on uh, today, this morning, as uh, they get ready for that game with Andre Kasha joining them. Um, thankfully, the Tampa Bay Lightning also lost on Saturday, uh, 7-3 to the Arizona Coyotes. So, uh, you know, not a great loss for them by any stretch. Now, the Bruins remain... Five points up on the Lightning. Uh, Tampa does have a game in hand. Uh, Tampa also has a, a slight advantage in goal differential at plus 50 compared to Boston's plus 49. Uh, the Capitals have fallen off a bit in the President's Trophy race. Uh, they are now three points back of Tampa Bay for second. So Boston has an eight-point lead over uh, the Capitals, although, again, Washington has a game in hand on the Bruins. Um, so yeah, not the worst uh, timing for that loss, all things considered, as 
Um, Tampa Bay also laid a bit of an egg. Uh, Toronto, who is remains in third, we all know by now, lost to a uh, practice goalie and Zamboni driver for the Toronto Marlies. Um, so, you know, no matter how bad the Bruins lose in the regular season, certainly they can always say, at least we have never lost to a Zamboni driver. It's all about perspective, folks. And that's the way I like to look at things after that 9-3 loss, for sure. <laughs> I even saw some Leafs fans on Twitter trying to say that the 9-3 loss was more embarrassing, but come on, you had 10 shots against a uh, 42-year-old Zamboni driver who's had a kidney transplant. And uh, for the Bruins, it's just a regular season game on to move on from. This one is something that people will remember for quite some time. So, yeah. Sorry, I'm not buying that at all. Nice try uh, at deflecting from that embarrassing piece of Maple Leafs history. Those of you who have been listening to the podcast for quite some time will have heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. You may not know that Locked On Bruins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Bruins fans, just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listeners, a locked-on podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Bruins fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put our company right here on this locked-on podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Again, that's advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcasts.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Let's finish off today's show by looking at some news and notes from Elsewhere around the NHL, some tidbits to look out for as the uh, trade deadline approaches. I wanted to add a note to the Ilya Kovalchuk trade. Apparently, the Habs are retaining 50% of his uh, salary in the deal with Washington. It was already prorated, uh, meaning, according to Chris Johnston of Sportsnet, Washington is picking up roughly $75,000 in salary for the rest of the season. And uh, Montreal is getting a third round pick in return. So a uh, nice little bit of business for the Canadians uh, signing Kovalchuk for uh, the league minimum and then uh, flipping him for a third round pick. Montreal now has 13 picks in the 2020 draft, uh, which is being held in Montreal. Six of them are in the first three rounds. So Bergevin, if he's still around, will be uh, pretty busy come draft day as uh, the Canadians, now well out of the playoff picture, look to retool, and we'll see if they're done. They maybe have some more things brewing. Uh, the names of, uh, you know, Max Domi, Jonathan Drouin, Jeff Petrie, Victor Mete, even Carey Price. Everything seems to be being floated right now for uh, the Canadians. Uh, they've been linked in deals with the Colorado Avalanche, uh, and that will be interesting to look out for as well. I've seen rumblings of uh, the Avalanche being in on adding um, 
Henrik Lundqvist, which would be a nice pickup for them. They have tons of cap space. Philip Grubauer is currently injured, and even if they have the three goalies here for the playoff run um, with Pavel Frankouge recently signing an extension, they could always buy him out um, at the in the summer and just kind of hold on to him for um, the uh, playoff stretch. Oh, what else should we even mention here? After Toronto's uh, devastating loss there to the backup, no, not even backup, em- emergency backup goalie, uh, there are some rumblings that they may be looking to flip pending UFA Tyson Berry before the deadline. He has not been a fit uh, in Toronto, and Chris Johnson reports the Calgary Flames, Vancouver Canucks, and Vegas Golden Knights are among the clubs looking to a potentially acquire Barry. If Barry is traded, Elliot Friedman said they won't do it unless somebody can tide them over until Morgan Riley and Cody Cece return sometime in March. They'd also want some futures. So you'd expect uh, a blue liner to return. Um, you know, whether or not they can get value for Barry at this point in the season uh, is a big question mark. Uh, he was traded, you know, in the deal that included uh, Nazem Kadri going the other way. Alex Kerfoot joins him in Toronto, and he's a name that's been out there as well. Um, so whether or not the Maple Leafs react to this loss and try to shake things up prior to the deadline, um, you know, a lot of people are, are calling for that. Uh, whether it's the wise or prudent thing to do uh, remains to be seen now. Uh, the reason why the e-bug was in net for the Hurricanes is because both James Reimer and Peter Mrazek were injured in that game against Toronto. So there's some talk that they may be looking at either Robin Leonard or Corey Crawford. It's honestly pretty difficult to go through all the uh, names on the um, trade radar here. Just take a quick look at TSN's updated trade bait list. Chris Kreider remains the number one target, followed by Jean-Gabriel Pajot of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, We also have Carolina's first-round pick. We know they have two first-round picks as they own Toronto's, which could be uh, higher than theirs. Uh, So that pick is in play. Uh, Sammy Vatnin, I mentioned, as a guy I'd love to see come on the Bruins, uh, but I doubt they'd be able to pull off both Palmieri and Vatnin. The price tag would be pretty high. Uh, Tyson Berry coming in at number five. Vladislav Nemesnikov of the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Kovalchuk was number seven, but he can be taken off the list now. We also have Andreas Athanasiu from the Detroit Red Wings. Eric Gustafson of the Chicago Blackhawks. And then uh, Dustin Bufflin rounding out the uh, top ten. Uh, if players want to be eligible for the Stanley Cup playoffs, they must sign before the deadline. So he could become uh, a really uh, key player to watch uh, tomorrow. The Bruins, I'm sure, would love his big body and right-hand shot uh, on that third pairing with Matt Grizzlick. Uh, whether or not they can convince him to come over would be uh, another story, um, but that would be uh, that would be pretty awesome. And then Joe Thornton's on that list as well. Uh, Kyle Palmier is down at number 23, I think mainly because uh, there's some question as to whether the uh, – New Jersey Devils actually want to deal him. It has to be for the right price, of course. And I really think Sweeney will be aggressive uh, towards that end. One other little bit of breaking news coming out here uh, as I wrap up recording here on Sunday night. 
Uh, the NHL has announced that St. Louis Blues will be Minnesota's opponent at next year's Winter Classic at Target Field. Uh, so definitely a game to avoid, in my opinion, because, you know, screw the Blues. Um, that's it for today's podcast. Uh, I will certainly be active on Twitter uh, today as the day progresses, if the Bruins make any additional moves. Hopefully uh, this podcast isn't obsolete by the time you hear it. Um, and there's not too much movement here, uh, prior to, uh, you know, when things really start to pick up in my experience, working at the score, I was there for five trade deadlines and usually from about eight to noon or one o'clock, it's pretty slow. Uh, TSN and Sportsnet are killing time with, uh, talking heads and, um, you know, lame attempts at humor and then around one o'clock things really start to pick up uh, until the trade deadline and we can even expect some deals to trickle in after three o'clock as the league is backed up usually with uh, you know those trade uh, official papers Um, so yeah I'll be active on Twitter you can again find us at lo underscore Boston Bruins at enc mclaren is my personal Twitter account Uh, and I am looking forward to see uh, what Don Sweeney has up his sleeve here prior to the trade deadline. Again, I give him top marks for the Kasha trade, but if that is all that ends up happening, I might be slightly disappointed. Um, Although, uh, you know, as I said, that top nine of Bergeron, Marshawn Pasternak, DeBrusque, Krejci, Kasha, and Bjork, Coyle Heinen, I think, would be quite formidable. Um, and even if Kuhlman stays around, that speed on the fourth line would be pretty awesome as well. Um, so that's it for today's edition of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, it's my pleasure to bring you this daily podcast. Um, and I look forward to wrapping up, uh, yeah what the Bruins do prior to the trade deadline uh, in the next episode. And also look ahead to uh, the remaining schedule as we move into March here pretty soon. Uh, the Bruins schedule, you know, we're entering the home stretch now that the trade deadline has arrived and um, hopefully the Bruins can secure that top spot. Um, although let's be honest, is anybody scared of the Maple Leafs in that two, three matchup? Uh, I would say no. And I'd be even surprised if it got to seven games this year, but that's getting ahead of ourselves. Hope you all have a great Monday and uh, yeah, let's enjoy the trade deadline coverage together. Shall we? And I'll check in once everything is said and done. Take care friends.